Hey, so we're going to uh, uh, finish our series on Revive. The theme for this year, for 2022, the theme is Revive. And a Revive is not to revive things, but to revive our hearts. Amen. Revive our hearts for God. Revive our hearts for the lost. Revive our hearts for those that are hurting, that our heart breaks for what God's heart breaks for, that we, we, we feel the burden of Christ. And so that's the theme for 2022, but we also felt, let's start the, the series, uh, first term on Revive. And uh, with a few, I think one week's break with Pastor Jim Shaw filling in, which was wonderful. He brought a great word. So today we are finishing our six weeks series on Revive. And the title of this week's uh, message is Gaining Victory. Gaining Victory. We, we're basing this on the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was called, Nehemiah was called to build the walls of Jerusalem. And, uh, but not only just to build the walls, the significance of building a wall, it gave the people of God back in the day identity. It gave them safety. It created a belonging for them. Amen. And so in the process of building that wall, Nehemiah and his team had to go through uh, some of the things which they didn't plan. But as they started, they just had to go through these issues in their life and as a group of people. But in the end, they had to fight, uh, be prepared for war. And uh, so we're going to unpack that. How, can, how is fighting and war um, useful or important in Christian walk? That's what we're going to learn. So week one, we covered on growing in godliness. Week two was cultivating dynamic devotion. Week three was stronger together. Week four was pursuing holiness. Amen. And week five was the walk of faith. And so we based all those topics from the book of Nehemiah. Now week six is gaining victory. Hallelujah. God wants you and I to gain victory for his glory. Amen. So in the Old Testament, they, the, the, the children of God fought battles and they shed blood. They had to kill people. They had to kill livestock. Uh, and, and in order sometimes to protect the children of God, sometimes to fight for a piece of land, sometimes to fight for their own identity. Uh, but in New Testament, after the death of Christ on the cross, we as believers, born again Christians, we are not to fight in the flesh, but we are to fight in the spirit. Amen. And that's what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, hey, our wrestle, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. So although they manifest in people, but there's a spirit behind that person that's acting through that person to create strife. So we don't argue and fight with people, but we argue and fight with the spirit that's manifesting through that person. Okay? So, so just as God's spirit works in us, the evil spirit also works through us. True? So, but it's very important for us as Christians, just like the Old Testament, they did a lot of wars. In the New Testament, we are to 
fight. We are to uh, uh, wage a war. And, um, and as Nehemiah did that, as we look into the book of Nehemiah, as he went ahead to build the walls of Jerusalem, um, and um, as Nehemiah and, the, and co. Uh, tried to rebuild these walls, they faced opposition, they faced intimidation, um, they, they, they had to battle uh, in, the, in the flesh, and, uh, but, the, but God's desire was to give them victory to see them be overcomers. Amen. As Christians, God's desire is that you and I be overcomers. God sees you when he looks at you, he looks at you as an overcomer. You know, the world may look at you and see you as an overcomer. If you're talking about Hollywood, is if you, as long as you got six pack and you got your red undies outside and a cape on. And then you're an overcomer. I'm talking about Superman, I think. Yeah, because uh, of one of those guys. There's so many superheroes nowadays, hard to keep up with them. But God wants us to be overcomers. Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood, so that, it, that you and I, when we look at that cross, where we identify ourselves with Christ, who was and is an overcomer, and because we belong to him, you and I are overcomers. Amen. And he wants and his desires that in our day-to-day -day life we become overcomers. The book of Revelation teaches that a lot. But overcoming means it's prevailing over something uh, or, or that is pushing you down or oppressing you or trying to defeat you. So you're overcoming over something that's oppressing you, pushing you down, trying to defeat you. And so we become overcomers. And John through Jesus on the island of Patmos, he's now recording uh, the book of Revelation as, the, as Jesus spoke to him. And John is writing these seven, to the seven churches in the first three chapters. And he's, you look at those in chapter, chapter 2 in Revelations, verse 7, verse 11, verse 17, verse 26. And chapter 3, verse 6, verse 12, verse 21, he's talking to the church and calling the church overcomers. Hallelujah. We are not to be timid people. We are to be meek people. A lot of Christians confuse meekness with timidity. We are not to be timid, we are to, to be meek. But when Jesus looks at you and I, he looks at us as overcomers. And he's saying, son and daughter, I want you to overcome. I want you to overcome. Don't allow the life that's around you to overcome you. But I want you to overcome because I have overcome. Because you belong to me, I want you to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. And God's called us to not only as overcomers, but he's called us to a life of victory and not defeat. We've got to learn to fight. We have to learn to fight. Fight the devil. Fight in the spirit. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died as a lamb. Amen. But when, we, when he overcame the devil, he fought the devil as the lion of Judah. Hallelujah. What a great picture. He is the lamb of God. He's the lion of Judah. Hallelujah. We all know what a lion does. A lion roars. A lion attacks. A lion 
fights a lion that is the king of the jungle. But also Jesus displayed as a lamb. So as a church, we identify very quickly to be meek and mild, but there is also power in, in, within us. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus is talking, or Luke's writing there, he says, God has given you power to overcome and to trample over snakes and scorpions. That means God has given you power to overcome your temptation, to overcome your failure, to overcome your shortfalls with the blood of Jesus. That's how God wants you to gain victory. Not by controlling, not by manipulating, not by overpowering people, but we take control in prayer. Hallelujah. So we become overcomers. To overcome over things that are oppressing us. Those thoughts that probably have been oppressing you while you've been sleeping at night. Where you're struggling to sleep and you're tossing from one end to the other end of your bed. God wants you to be overcomer. Amen. And the key is we, become, we overcome not in our strength. We overcome in Jesus' strength. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to unpack through the book of Nehemiah. But I'm just kind of sharing some scriptures here. 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. 1 John chapter 5 verse 3 teaches us, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. Amen. God's commands are not burdensome. Verse 4, it says, for whatever is born of God is overcome by the world. No, it doesn't say that. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. If you are born of God, you overcome the world. Turn to your neighbor who is fast asleep and elbow them and say, you are an overcomer. You may not feel like an overcomer, but it's not about feeling. It's about faith in God. And I want to talk on that, but please turn and say, you're an overcomer. And I tell you what, when your husband or your wife is manifesting at home, upset, say, you're an overcomer. Tell them they're an overcomer. When in your family, your children are fretting over something, tell them they're overcomers. They're overcomers because they've overcome with Christ and Christ overcame. And it says, for whatever is born of God shall overcome the world. Hallelujah. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? See, once you become Christians, you have a access into eternal life through Christ. Amen? Your salvation is secured for eternity in Christ. Amen? But there is, it, it comes through you giving your heart to God. But, they, but then the Bible also teaches us that God wants us to inherit 
And so there's a difference between entering into heaven and inheriting heaven. I don't have time to unpack that today, but I want you to, please, if, you can, if it's speaking to you, write it down, read, study on it. What does it mean to enter into the kingdom and inheriting the kingdom of God? But you see, we are already overcome. So our position, because we are believers, our position is that we are overcomers because of Christ. Amen. So our position is we are overcomers, but God is also teaching us not just our position, but also in our practice we become overcomers. Amen. So not just in your position. You're already an overcomer in your position because of Christ. But God is teaching and desiring that we become overcomers in our practice. Not just in our position. Amen. So practice what you, where you are positioned and what you're positioned in. You know, what do I mean by that? Some of us, you know, you are married. That means you, your position legally, you are married. But in practice, is there a relational love and bond in your marriage? You see where I'm coming from? Now, in relational, in family structure, naturally, I, I have siblings, two siblings who live in India. They are my, my brother and my sister. But the question is, do I have a good relationship with them in my practice? Yes, they are my family, but do I practice that relationship with them. Are you with me? You may be married legally, but do you have the relationship in the marriage? That's practice. Do you get what I'm saying? So your position is married, but that's not it. What God wants is, you, He wants you to practice the love in that marriage. So it's not just on paper, it's not just an order, but it's also in relationships with your children. You know, legally you can say, this is my child, but do you really have that relationship as a father and a son or a daughter to the mother? So position is different to relationship. But what God desires is that it's not just um, that we don't uh, live in the theology of it, but we also experience the truth of the theology. Amen. So an overcomer's life is not just theological, but it's also reality. Do you get what I'm saying? So God wants us to be overcomers. So what does it look like? So the, the fact is I am sick, but the truth is I am healed. Do you get what I'm trying to say? There's a difference between a fact and, a f and faith and truth. So the, th the fact is I am sick. Yep, I cannot get out of my bed. I couldn't get out of my bed and all that stuff. Yes, that's the fact. But the truth is I am healed in Jesus' name. So I'm trying to give you some examples here. And Pastor Kara last week talked about um, <coughs> walking in faith. And she used two points 
that really stuck to me and I've been meditating on that. Number one was, she's talked about, you know, we're living in the season of being withdrawn. We're withdrawing from social activities. We're withdrawing from church activities. We're withdrawing from work activities. And we are uh, pulling back. And she asked the question, as we are pulling back physically, are you pulling back in your faith in God? So I started to ask myself, how is my faith walk with God? Am I pulling back in my walk with God? Or am I actually growing in my relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. The next point that she talked about is, um, she talked about that we do the will of God, but we do it God's way. I thought that was powerful, that we do the will of God, but do it God's way. See, we all want to do the will of God, but we want to do it our way. Do you get what I'm saying? I want to serve God, but I want to do it my way. I'll give you an example. Go talk to Brittany, who doesn't know Jesus, and talk to her about the love of God. Then we start psychoanalyzing the circumstances here, the situation. Well, let me just tell you, Brittany, uh, she comes from a Christian family. She's walked away from God. She, she knows God. It's very difficult to talk to her because she knows the scripture. But I'm not sure she's not ready. Brittany is not ready to hear the word of God. That's the conclusion I have. You see, that is not the will of God. So do, it, do the will of God, but do it His way. If God's asking you to obey, you obey and you go, hey, God loves you and whatever follows after that. So it's a, it's a lot of people today want to serve God, but they don't want to serve God His way. They want to serve God their way. When they have time, when they feel like it, when they believe in it, when they feel that that's the right thing to do, then they start serving God. The Bible doesn't teach us that. And you will never gain victory by serving God your way. We see that in the book of Nehemiah, that they had all come together day and night. The priests, the business people, the everybody, the teachers, the school teachers, the nurses, the doctors, the dentists, the lawyers, the, 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 the barbers, whoever they are, all had to come together, work day and night to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They did God's will, but they did it His way. I think that was powerful. See, you and I are Christians in our position, but we're not experiencing victory because we're not doing His way. Trust me, faith is trusting in the Word of God. He will not let you down. He will not let you down. Now, you may be embarrassed, you may be mocked, you may be laughed at in this world, but who cares about that? Heaven is looking at you and rejoicing in your faith. That's what I want. Are you with me? Revelations 21, 7 says on the screen, He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I love it. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Hallelujah. Courtney, God wants you to overcome. I know you've overcome a lot. There's a lot more to overcome. Why? So you don't just enter heaven, but you will inherit heaven. 
that you don't just become successful, but you will be significant in the kingdom of God. Do you see where I'm coming from? Do you see how God starts seeing you? And when you see yourself the way God sees you, you have confidence. Thousand may fall at my right hand. Ten thousand. But nothing shall harm me. Hallelujah. Jesus, you know, in John chapter 16, it's not on the screen. Uh, and verse 33, it says, uh, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Romans 8, he says, you are more than conquerors. Paul recognized the audience and he is using vocabulary that is very different. He's talking to Roman soldiers. Romans knew one thing and one thing is how to conquer. The Romans knew one thing, how to defeat. They conquered the world at one point. They controlled the world at one point. They were warriors, they were trained. So Paul is writing to them, hey, you conquerors in the natural in God, you are more than a conqueror. Come on. Now, you may not feel like it because you have the will of God, but you will only experience it when you are walking in the will of God in His way. You know, theory, God loves you, but you're not experiencing the love of God is because you are not bowing before God and letting go of your insecurities, letting go of your fears, letting go of how you were brought up, what your parents did, what your grandparents did, what your siblings did, what your uncles did, what your community did. You're letting that hold you back and stick in theory, but our God is saying, yes, in the Theory, you are my child, and but I'm asking you, I love you, but I want you to experience my love. When you experience his love, when you experience his healing, when you experience his power, you know that you have overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I shouldn't gossip. It's sin against God. But I'm not gossiping and I'm an overcomer. Are you with me? I know I shouldn't judge people and I'm overcoming by the love of God. I'm not judging people. God wants us to be overcomers. Jesus already overcame what you are trying to overcome. Jesus already overcame what you are trying to overcome today. He's overcome all sin, all temptation, yet without sin, Hebrews says. He was found yet without sin. Tempted in every way. He overcame. Now what God wants you to do, He's saying, let's say, let's pretend I know some people in this church pretend and they love to be God or play God. I'm not looking at anybody. But let's pretend to be God. And it's like, if, if I am God, I'd be saying, look, I've overcome. Merv, I've overcome. Tony, I've overcome. The world may be saying one thing, but look at me, I've overcome. And now I want you to walk in the finished work of cross. 
don't just stay at the cross. I hope this doesn't feed back. But don't just stay behind the cross. Hallelujah. That's the Old Testament. Don't just hide behind the cross. The cross before me, the world behind me. I understand that. But you've got to come out of the shadow of that cross and walk in the finished work of Christ and say, I am an overcomer. I may not feel like it, but I know that the world may fall apart, but I will walk in Christ Jesus. God wants you to overcome. Gaining victory if you and I don't know how to gain victory in small things, we cannot gain victory in big things. In my foolishness a few years ago, I took the boys to a, a show, my boys to a show in um, ASB Grounds in Green Lane. And um, they wanted a toy, and so I walked home with massive daggers. And to my wife's, I, thought, I mean, we were all swinging the daggers, and Leo was like four, I think. You know, and, and I thought I was very impressed, you know, the dad and children, sons, daggers. I come home and my wife starts giving me looks that are, so oh, not good looks, you know. And, um, and so, um, uh, you know, anyway, I won't go too many details in there. But, but, but you see, naturally, we as, as, as men and women, we have a fighting spirit in us. We are born with a fighting spirit. Now, if you as a good mother, most of you think that I'm quite quick to bite back. And my wife is meek and mild. She is meek and mild. But you touch her children, she's going to come at you. I've seen her. I've seen her go at our neighbor once across the road who moved away now. I was brushing my teeth. But man, I, I've never heard my, vo my wife speak that way. Not swear words, but she was protecting her children from an adult who was ripping into Brock and Leo with some swear words. And Carol runs out, I'm upstairs brushing my teeth, and she goes and she starts. And what I'm trying to say is, you as a mother and a father, you have a fighting spirit in you. If I start pulling Shannon down, Soon I will hear from Rami. She'll come to me and say, hey, Pastor Peter, don't play the fool here. Don't play the fool, okay? Why? Because you're messing with my children. Don't mess with my children. There's a fighting spirit in you. You go to, I've got a lot of stories. I was thinking of Clara and the story how she ordered at McDonald's in Sydney. Gosh. Don't mess with Clara when she's hungry. She had an excuse. She goes, I'm eating for two people. You guys do what you want to do. And she ordered. She sat down. She ate her food. But Nehemiah, we look at Nehemiah, you see, in chapter 4, in chapter 4, all this whole chapter from chapter 4, it's talking about how Nehemiah had an intention to go build the walls, but he ended up fighting uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, the Ammonites. He didn't go there to make enemies, but when the enemies arose, he had to fight the enemies. Come on. He didn't give God excuses. God, I was quite happy, successful in, 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 in the king's, uh, I forgot the king's name now. What was his name? Anyway, the king's palace, the Persian king, I was happy in there. Lord, all I wanted to do was just go build the walls. That's about it. I don't want to fight these guys. You fight them. 
But that's what Nehemiah did. He said, God, I don't want to fight them. You fight them, but I will pray first to you and I will be ready with a sword in my hand, but you fight for me. Gaining victory. If you can't gain victory in small things, you can't gain victory in big things. Dan preached a few weeks back and he talked about being at a beach that he shouldn't be at. He ended up being walking at a beach in America or Canada. And um, he was a young man, just gave his heart to the Lord. He's still a young man, right? And, um, and, and, and so he went to this beach and he, shouldn't, he realized that's a nude beach. And um, so he walked away from there. But you see, what, what I'm now I'm telling you the story because he said the story. But he gained victory. Come on. In small things. When people are gossiping, don't join gossip, gain victory. Be an overcomer. When your mind is saying you're sick, you've been sick all your life, you will always be sick and you will die sick. Gain victory over that little thought. When you look at it on the screen something and you're tempted to relook at it and then start magnifying it in your head, that image, gain victory over that image. And when you want to, to, to say some things to people, but gain victory. Don't hide from the truth. Speak truth in love, but gain victory. If you can't gain victory in big things, sorry, small things, you can't slay Goliaths. Amen. You know what a Goliath today in our nation is? It's the mental health. It's devouring our people. Now you can sit there in your theological judgment and your theological analysis and go, oh, oh, you know, this and that and that. But the devil is still destroying, killing, and stealing People's peace. People's joy. But as a church, we can't just sit here, analyze, till we are paralyzed. But we are to take the ground. And they went to the enemy's camp. And I, you know, those people who know in the 80s or the 90s, he's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. You know, I don't know, most of you don't know that song. You know, go to YouTube and look for that song. You know, let Satan come under your feet. So Nehemiah is saying, he's saying, I don't have the time to read the entire scriptures, but it says, I'll pick a few scriptures this morning, verse 1, it says, but it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Are people mocking you today? Are people mocking you and talking about you? And he spoke before his brethren and army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? <laughs> Crazy. I can see the evil in him. Will they offer sacrifices? <laughs> Will they complete it in a day? <laughs> Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that are burned? <laughs> you know the evil laugh? Yeah, I'm trying to be the evil laugh here. He's mocking at them. When you mock people, you don't mock them politely. Hey, do you, excuse me. Do you really think you're going to overcome us? Oh, how lovely. 
No. Mockery is from the devil. And so verse 3, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, oh boys, boys, listen to me. Whatever they build, even if a fox goes upon it, he will break down their stone walls. <laughs> These people are crazy. You people are crazy. You Christians are crazy. You think to fight the devil you have to pray? You think by praying you can defeat the devil? <laughs> you guys are crazy Christians. <laughs> Prayer, that's mockery. That's what Nehemiah was hearing. That's why he recorded that. And when you're hearing that, your faith goes down. But Nehemiah's faith didn't go down, it grew up, grew more and more. And Nehemiah replied in verse 4, he says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. He didn't go to Sanballat, he didn't go to Tobiah and give them a fivefold ministry. Fivefold ministry. But he went. In the presence of God and said, God, you hear that mockery? You hear that? What the media is saying about church? Do you hear that? What the world is thinking that we as Christians, we are crazy people because we believe in healing? Do you hear that? That they are really ridiculing and, and, and mocking church and church goers? But God... We are being despised. Would you come and fight our battle for us? Hallelujah. That's how Nehemiah fought the battle. That's how he fought the battle. Verse 7 says that Nehemiah, the, 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 the Ammonites and the Astadites and the Arabs were quite angry and verse 8 says, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. Hallelujah. We made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. So it was from that time, verse 16, jump to verse 16. So it was that time that half of my servants were servant workers at construction while the other half held spears and shields and bows and wore armor. And the leaders were all behind the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other they held a weapon. When you build the kingdom of God, when you start praying for these people, you're going into the enemy's kingdom. Do you think he's going to sit there? The only thing the enemy knows is how to attack you. The only thing the enemy knows is how to cripple your faith. The only thing the enemy knows is how to destroy your hope and your words will become, oh, you know, I've heard this many times. That's faithless conversations. So the devil only will attack you. But I'm telling you, when you go into the enemy's camp, put on the armor of God. Building the church means fighting against the devil and building the walls of spiritual walls of people's lives. Amen. It's, God's not going to build the church by magic. 
But he's going to build the church through you. But that means you've got to fight. Who are you fighting for? In your fasting. That's what we're doing. 40 day fasting. We are fighting for these people. I am fasting to see salvations. I am fasting to see God change my priorities. Break my heart to what breaks yours. That's why I'm fasting so that God, you can touch me. And so I begin to pray. I begin to pray for these people. And I went into the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole. And the devil is under my feet and God is in their hearts. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm not um, uh, identified by my sickness. I'm not identified by my job. I'm identified by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You talk to Tom and imagine one hand you're building a house. On the other hand you got a sword. I don't think you can be that effective. Tom can only do one thing. That is to build. And build the house. And build the house of God. Hey, Tom. Yeah. He's an amazing God. So verse 18, uh, 19. Then I said to the nobles and the rulers and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the, world, uh, on the wall. Verse 20. Whatever you hear, sorry, whenever you hear, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. God will fight for us. I'm not going to sort you out. I'm going to stand there, stand my ground, but God's going to sort you out. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not my problem, it's God's problem. But I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to pray as hard as I can for salvation. But it's not my problem. I'm not going to change those people. Holy Spirit's going to change those people. My role is to go and invite that person to God, but it is God who's going to invite them. I don't want them to come to church. I don't want to pick a service that it is entertaining to invite them. Entertainment, it ain't going to save people. Encounter in the presence of God is what's going to save people. Verse 21, so we labored in the work and, and half of the men held spears from daybreak until stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem that they may be on guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes except that everyone took them off for washing. He's giving details that they worked hard to build the kingdom of God. We have to really work hard in the spirit. Amen. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor in vain. We are to work hard, but we got to work hard in the spirit. Hallelujah. So I want to close with these three thoughts. As we conclude this series, how do we become an overcomer? How do we gain? Number one, we got to have a conviction of an overcomer. Number two, we got to have a commitment of an overcomer. And number three, we have to have authenticity of an overcomer. You have to have a conviction of an overcomer. You have to have a commitment of an overcomer and then you have to have the authenticity as an overcomer. What does that mean? The conviction is that I am not going to adjust my beliefs in God. 
There are a lot of people who are not living in their convictions uh, and then what happens is you compromise. The opposite of conviction, if you don't live in your conviction, you compromise. There's a lot of compromise going on. Well, I'm not actually sleeping around, but you're doing everything else. That's a compromise. Uh, the greatest weapon that the devil is using at you and I today is compromise. Compromising your faith. Compromising, oh, I, I actually, you know, I work in, in the world, so I know what the worldly people are all like. Let me tell you, everyone is the same. We are all fallen. We all have temptations. Whether you're white, black, yellow, green, blue, we all are the same. We are fallen and we need a redeemer. Amen. So don't, um, uh, you know, don't live a compromised life, but live a life of conviction. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to say this story and I want to close. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you think about them. It is silly to say that if, even if you throw me in this fire, King Nebuchadnezzar, that even though we may die, also God may rescue us, but if he doesn't rescue us, he may kill us. But that's okay, but we will not bow before you. They've inherited the kingdom of God. Why? Because they stood on their convictions. What are your convictions today? I am admiring, you know, I know this is a very contentious topic, but I admire the determination and the resilience some people have shown over this whole vaccine debate. And I'm kind of thinking, man, if you're fighting over this vaccine so hard, awesome. What about spiritual stuff? If you've only shown that resilience in the spirit stuff, God is going to come back. And it's going to, wow, my church is arising. I'm not talking about the vaccine, but I'm saying these people have said, I won't, don't want to. I don't want to take vaccine. You can take my job away. You can, I can lose my income, blah, 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 blah. But I am not putting that in my body. Wow. If only I can say that to the devil. If only you can say that to the devil. I am not letting that thought into my body. Come on. I am not letting negativity come into my head. No way. That is far more poison than anything else you put in your body. Yeah. I'm not letting you gossiping about me let that infect me. I'm going to stand the way God wants me to stand and overcome. Be an overcomer. My last scripture, we're going to close. Revelations 2, 17. To him who overcomes. This is end times we are living in, guys. End times. To him who overcomes, I will give him, or I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on that stone, a new name written, 
which no one knows except him who receives it. Brother, I don't know you, but there is a stone that God wants to give you one day when you go see him. And on it is a name written that is only, only revealed to you, will be revealed to you. You have fought a good fight. And you're fighting a good fight. But God is for you. And one day when you go, there's a new name. He's going to give only you will hold that name precious to you. Only you will hold that name precious to you. No other one will know. Maybe Jesus is saying to you, Brinny, when you go to heaven, he will say, guys, here comes, you know, if you've seen the boxing, Manny Pacman Pacquiao. <laughs> and I believe the heaven's going to rejoice when we, saints of God, enter into the kingdom. Are you going to enter into the kingdom by hiding behind every bullet and go, I don't want that, I don't want that. Oh, no, no, no. Are you going to enter or are you going to inherit heaven? God, I survived. I didn't gossip. I didn't, I just survived. God doesn't want you to survive. God wants you to be significant. So when you enter, he's going to say, Brene, warrior, Princess Wonder Woman Brene. Hallelujah. 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 God, I pray, make us warriors that we will fight the devil. Can we stand to our feet? Make us warriors. That we will overcome the devil. The blood of Jesus is on us. Come on. Can you pray a prayer over yourself? Bring your problems before God. And say, God, I want you to be with me as I overcome. Hallelujah. God, I want to be an overcomer. As I come into heaven, Lord, I will have my own stone written. There is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me shall be judged in the name of God. For I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hallelujah. The battle belongs to God. Hallelujah.